When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. everyone. I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps. And today I actually have my cousin Nick uh, on this podcast because he has very similar, uh, he he was kind of like known as the hippie of the family. And before I went through my 180, I was like, oh, this guy. And I didn't really understand, but I always thought he was really, really cool. And when I got interested in Reiki and crystals and things like that, Uh, Him and I reconnected, and I'm so, so happy that we reconnected. So thank you, Nick, for being here. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Thank you very much. And good morning to everybody out there. So I know you had, we we had talked a bunch on Saturday, and then Saturday night you had actually put a video out on Facebook that I thought was very, very brave and vulnerable and I'm super proud of you for doing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was just something that was so visceral and so present in my space that um, I couldn't sit silent with. It was definitely prompted by a good friend of mine um, putting himself out there in a very similar, uh, you know, putting himself out there in a fashion that was just so beautifully masculine and vulnerable and I just you know in a moment where my friend was standing strong I wanted to stand strong right next to him so it was more you know it what surprised me about the whole situation or the whole process was once the camera started rolling it was like okay this is this is for real I'm getting I'm letting this world, this global platform in on something very deep, very profound truth in my space that has been pieces of my, of my speed bumps, you know, of the things that we get to talk about today. So, you know, it's something that uh, I find interesting. I find that right now I'm trying to balance in this space of, okay, move forward. But um, being able to sit here on this platform and talk to you, and it's almost, um, it, it, it's really being fresh in, in one's motives, because I couldn't have done that, and I definitely couldn't do this 
without the underlying self-support and the tools that I have that are necessary for me to be strong in those moments when we all feel like we're being weak. But yeah, it was quite the experience. So if it's okay, I'd like to play it on here. Is that okay? Yeah, that's more than perfect. And for all, all right. those listening, it's again, just a look into a man, his challenges, and knowing that he's not alone in that space. So yeah, feel free to play that. It's not a matter of get some popcorn and enjoy, but it's just a look at one of your brothers on this earth, roaming it similar in a similar fashion to the way we all roll. So yeah, feel free to roll that. All right, and before we do that, because some of speed bumps can be super heavy, um, and I want to keep the vibration high on here. What are two favorite things about yourself? Um, just my, honestly, my smiley disposition. I'm one of those people that just naturally is in smile. And um, relentless approach to kindness, self-kindness. The words that I say to myself, the space that I choose to hold for myself and with other people it's uh i joke around and say it's a survival tactic but it just lets um lets me kind of give up on certain accountabilities or controls or expectations for, of, of myself and other people so just being kind no matter what i feel like those are two strong things for me that uh work out in my favor. I love that. I love that. So I'm going to play this right now. Uh, this is a video that Nick had put out uh, late Saturday night. So about a day and a half ago from this recording. Happy Saturday, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. It's your boy, Nick. And uh, I saw a post yesterday from a great friend of mine, Timothy Gay. He's a local jazz musician, soul, R&B, funk star, and one of my good friends. And it was on a subject that's very near and dear to my heart and in presently in my, in my journey space. So I just wanted to flex a little brotherhood. And sometimes the most important thing about that is the hood and having somebody's back when they're standing strong and standing strong with them. So in that. I want to talk about something important. I want to talk about mental health. I want to talk about our depths and our capacities to get over instead of going under. I want to talk about having hope in times when there's only one grain of hope left in us. I want to say that we are not alone. At times when I felt alone, very depressed, very suicidal for reasons that I justified and almost went through with. I'm talking to all of you. One more trip. Um, when I was a teenager, um, somebody very close to me, somebody within my family space, the patriarch of my family, 
decided to take my innocence. And in that, I went several years smiling big, just like I know how to, and moved out of my hometown, moved to San Diego, tried to comfort it with some beach and some paradise, some sunshine, just didn't do. I moved around a little bit, exiled myself, taking myself out of said situation for my own growth, for my own strength, thinking that, as most of us do, that if I tried to forget about it and push it down, it would just go away when most of us know that it's a little bit of folly and it just doesn't work that way. The more I've come into my manhood, the more I've claimed my strength, and the more I knew I had to proverbially punch this bully in the face, really deal with it, really slay this dragon, and the only way is to balance and rebalance and keep rebalancing on a daily basis. I got into the vocation or the vocation of massage therapy got into me, so I was able to, through my schooling, find peace amidst a real struggle. Find peace amidst not feeling quite enough within my family, within my brotherhoods, within my family dynamic, and within my own soul, and helping others heal is one thing that's gratifying, but feeling a sense of denial because I wasn't healing myself. I was looking away from and looking outward when I needed to really search inward. It was a challenge that almost took my life. So more than anything, I wanted to share with you all men, women, children, that uh, it's really real. The ones that are smiling, they're always smiling through something. And the ones that are frowning, they're actually dealing with the depths of their souls. So in this time where toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, all those things are at the forefront of our global experience, I'd like to just share and be the conduit that puts us all in the space from where we are to where we want to be and let you all know from my earthly brothers to my loose acquaintances that I still call brother that you're not alone it's only a phone call away whether it's a call to a professional whether it's a call to your siblings whether it's a call to your mother, brother anybody in that space that you rely on for emotional, physical support. Call them. You're worth it. Call them. They want that. As opposed to not being here on this earth, letting everybody regret what they could have done. Do something about it. Stand strong. It's okay. It's strong. One thing that I do know for sure in this life, and I don't claim to know much, is that love matters. You matter. And a little bit of kindness, a little bit of space holding goes a long way. Thank you, Tim, for just being that space to give another man the confidence to be in his journey 
walking tall, walking gently. I thank you all for taking the time. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Much love from your brother. So I loved all of that. Um, IG muted, sorry. Um, I think you can unmute yourself. There you go, yeah. Yeah, so I teared up at all of that because of how eloquently you spoke and how you alluded to what happened, but you didn't make it all about that. You made it about um, the struggle that you went through, but then, you know, how you kind of got around that and how you worked through that and being vulnerable and being open and how that can be really hard, especially for men right now in this world. So I just want to say, I appreciate you and I love you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. And I first want to say that wasn't me. I don't know who that guy was. <laughs> that clear speaker, that confidence walking. Like I'm sitting here right now watching it. Like that was you. You said that you, you got to say that that way. How cool. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm watching it. I was like, oh, man, that's, that's, that's walking through your own fire, dude. So, like, I don't have wife. I don't have kids yet. But I'm proud of that guy. Like, that's, a, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Hell yeah. And just, and just thinking about that day and how it all kind of came about, it's really weird. Like, there's. I don't want to say finality to it, but just watching that space, um, it let me know one that it was necessary. It wasn't just a, a vain reaching for attention, like you know, a lot of you see on on online and on social media platforms. But you know, even the physical of it, it was almost like it looked like I almost had flubber in me. Like there was just a gyration of my soul of something that was obviously eliminating itself and minimizing itself in my, in my vessel. So that was, that was cool to see. That was a something. I think when I, when I watched that video in the way that you moved so much, because I know that you love to dance and just like expressing emotion that way that was the sense that I was getting is you were trying to hold still but you wanted to dance as you were talking because you wanted that was your way of getting this emotion out and that was the sense I got from it nope it was because there was a lot more breath that I needed that I did not have and I was trying (laughs) to find it from the bottom of my toes (laughs) I think you certainly found it what I was saying and and that was the thing, like, you know, just, you know, we all have little isms that we only pay attention to. And one thing, I mean, you know, you know, and he, he speaks, he gets excited or passionate. He runs out of breath. And the last is trying to get out, and it barely makes it. So I somehow inherited that same quality, and I got, I just wanted to make sure that in that in in my generation you're kind of choppy i think because you're moving 
Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. All right. All right, cool. So, yeah, I was saying that... Uh, you inherited this quality. Yeah, and wanted to, in this moment, wanted to make sure that I had my breath and my composure about me. So I made sure that, if anything, I just breathe and breathe deep. And, um, but yeah, looking at that day and looking... Um, as a matter of fact, Elizabeth, you and I had spoke earlier in the day. So this was just like a something in my vibration and it was able to be carried out in such a beautifully seamless fashion. So I went to sleep thinking about my friend who I was just holding good space for. I had prayed for him and went to sleep. Didn't think much more about it. And then I woke up with it, like it was my first thought. And I called you. I, I needed to talk to somebody and just kind of talk to somebody that was not going to have to sift through my language. But, you know, to for somebody to have the capacity to know what I was talking about. And that was you. And as I got to talking about it, yeah, you were there, so I can just, you know, I don't have to recap, but there was a point where I was speaking and I said, holy moly, I've got to do this. Yep. And so, you know, with that momentum, I just, um, you know, went through the process, something similar to having like preparing the moments leading up for like a big game or things like that, where you just, you know, you have the butterflies, you know, they're going to subside, but they're there. And I thought and thought and overthought and thought about poignant things that I could say, touch points, this and that. And then it quickly, it quickly transitioned into, okay, I have to do this. I'm going to do this. What does it look like? And first it was me just holding up my camera in selfie mode and going that route. And in that, I called my friend Eric, who's a multimedia wizard here in, in Reno, where I live. And he'd already been working on my website for my business. So I just contacted him and said, Hey, I need a quick moment of your, of your video skills. And he said, cool. Do you want to go to Noble Pie? One of my customers and we'll get some pizza. We'll have a beer and we'll do this. I didn't tell him the nature of it. I didn't tell him anything. And um, so we get there and he's doing his, he's actually doing his job. So he's marketing. He, has two pizzas ordered, a beautiful salad, some drinks, some craft cocktails. And so he starts taking pictures all over the restaurant and doing all this. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in that pre-moment and saying, okay, he just gave me the five-minute warning. Um, what are you going to say? What does this look like? Gather yourself. And for what that was, it happened so seamlessly that I can't really look back on it and be embarrassed or I could have said this better or I could have done that better. I 
wish I wouldn't have leaned that way. You know, the hyper criticism of how we do ourselves sometimes, because I know in its essence, it played out better than I could have possibly imagined it. And, you know, coupling with the idea that it was a service that wasn't necessarily for myself. You know, I, this morning, you know, in the process of getting ready for this, um, this podcast and that, uh, that bit of video, I told myself that I wasn't going to look at it for at least 24 hours. I wasn't going to look at the response, the reaction, because I didn't want to give myself any of that buzz or um, mongering for attention, so to speak. So I just knew that I wanted to put it down and just leave it there and see what become of it. And I looked at it this morning for a quick moment and there, therein lies support, support for me. Um, I've already talked to a couple of really close and distant people that have said hey man this is this is big this is important this is necessary i'm glad that you did that and in turn like they just spilled their beans they just whether it was me too or whether it was i feel you i've had a couple of things that you know put me really close to that kind of imbalance that i knew i had to do something for myself so but, you know, the biggest thing is a galvanizing sense of community where people are saying, hey, yeah, I'm somebody, I'm somebody that you can call. I did not know this. And, um, you know, making that certain sense of external value be there. Whereas, you know, I know that I'm valuable. I know that I'm, I do have a bit of worth you know, before that video and, and otherwise in my journey, I have reclaimed a certain power that I gave up some time ago and, you know, and being able to talk to people with good balance. It won't always be a choked up tearful thing. It'll actually grow into a strength where there's weakness today. And so it's like, it's so cool to feel in that flow of everything being intertwined in everything weakness being intertwined in strength vulnerability being intertwined with getting over healing and succeeding in life so anybody that's going or resisting the necessary speed bumps i'm not standing on a soapbox telling what you what you need to do you know i find it awkward when people run up to you and say hey i you know i just started re reading the bible you need to read the bible you know and you know being able to quote verses and you know kind of pointing a finger at you as far as like this is the way i live my life this is how you should live your life i i, I offer you simply awareness coming somebody that's walking living through it and you know tipping the scale towards good health i offer the message that your freedom costs something 
the the journey that you want to be on for the person that you want to be fulfilled it actually costs you something and it's it costs giving up the heavies giving up the weight of negativity for choosing to have power over it to learn how to shake hands with difficulty as opposed to cowarding away from it and turning your shoulder and kind of oh i can't wait till this is over with sit in it really sit and sift through your stuff so that you can eliminate it so that you can look at it and not be afraid of it but to look at it and know that that's where you come from but it's not where you're going i love all of that I love, you were on a roll and I was just going to let you go because everything you were saying, I resonated with and made so much sense. And I felt like there was so many different pieces of wisdom in there. Um, you know, lear- like you said, learning to shake hands with difficulty and, you know, y- you can't tell anyone how to do their own journey, but you know, that they are going to get through it and finding that strength and weakness and vulnerability all intertwined together. And I love how, like you called me and it was, or I think you texted me and I said, yeah, we can chat. And I didn't know what to expect when I said, yeah, I'm free this morning, but I'm so glad we took, I took that phone call and I'm glad that you found a way to express yourself and that you were comfortable talking to me. And then in that um, moment of vulnerability, you extended yourself to share it with others and to let them know, Hey, they're not alone. And that right there is exactly why I started this podcast because all too often we go through something And we are convinced we're the only ones or we don't want to talk about it or we're ashamed to talk about it or whatever the reason is. And we just hold that secret. We hold that baggage and we get weighted down. And by talking about it and letting people know, it's getting rid of some of that heavy that you talked about and embracing the light and embracing who you're meant to be in the path that you're meant to be on. But to do that, you have to get rid of all the ick, all the gunk, all the baggage, whatever term you want to use. And yeah, and we've seen it. Like, again, this was just like a a vortex that was just pulling me in. Whether, you know, I, I don't, I pride myself on not having a TV in my home. Um, I, I limit the amount of media I take in because I'm sensitive to it. And, um, um, you know, seeing things like, you know, that Will Smith thing was really, I was good and sensitive to it. Um, I'll tell you a kind of funny, funny story. Um, you know, seeing him get judged and, you know, uh, proverbially, you know, falling from grace or being in the spotlight for slapping somebody. Um, I was actually very inspired by him. A couple of really good keys and door you know to doors that opened for me came through his book 
and he went on one of my favorite musicians, one of my favorite influences, publicly's uh, podcast, uh, Quest Love Supreme. If you haven't checked it out, you're on a podcast now. You're listening. Go check out <laughs> Quest Love. He's got a, a, a many brilliant musicians on there talking about their journeys to fame and dealing with it and songs and the liner notes of their lives and their music and it's really really poignant really deep you know it gets nerdy as far as music goes but for somebody that loves music very much I appreciate people going that deep into the meaning of their music but um it was a podcast that came out on my birthday and I just kind of waved it off I've always looked at Will Smith as a larger than life I've always looked at Will Smith and you know like kind of like a superhuman but also like a squeaky clean a very postured a very polished man and he went on that on that podcast and you know both people Will Smith and Quest Love and The Roots are from Philadelphia so there was a lot of um perspective-based conversation based on this is how I saw you and this is how I saw you this is how I saw your group and this is how I saw you Will Smith and it was there was a moment in it where um Will Smith is talking about how he thought his fellow Philadelphian had um perceived him because the roots are the house band for Jimmy Fallon and every time somebody walks out, the many of spectacular guests and celebrities that walk out to go talk to Jimmy Fallon, they're responsible for the, the entrance music. And unbeknownst to Will Smith, they did this segment where they had him walk out five different times. In essence, it, the reason for it was because they said him and I think it was Harrison Ford or somebody of good popularity the way they walk out, their presence was just uber confident. It just oozed a certain sense of um, knowledge and confidence and strength. So they made Will Smith walk out five times. And he's like, oh, I hated that segment. Will Smith said that. And Questlove was like, oh, don't say it. Don't break my heart. And he's like, no, man, I would like walking out to Jimmy Fallon to talk to him. I had to pass you guys, the black Philadelphians that... I perceived that looked at me like this sellout. Whereas when Quest Love heard that, a couple years younger than Will Smith, said, "Oh my God, are you serious? Are you serious? Don't don't shatter my psyche here. Don't shatter my dreams. You always walked out, and I was like, that's that man again. That's that uncomparable presence. So for two guys to be fearful." For two guys that are well in the limelight, Grammy-nominated, Grammy winners, Oscar winners, just outer planetary kind of presences in the celebrity realm, looking at each other with such lacks of confidence. Those moments where I'm sure Questlove looked at Will Smith like, ah, I could never be that big. Um, man, this guy's got all his stuff together. He's got all of his ducks in a row even his you know marriage challenges he just puts those out there and he's vulnerable to it i could never be that strong and will smith all the while is kind of 
crawling in his shell every time he sees Questlove because he feels like he sold out. He wasn't the representation of what it means to be a black man in Philadelphia. You know, so it was very peculiar to see that space and in their podcast together, Will Smith was talking about a raised vibration, talking about a confident sense of consciousness, saying that on the outside, external of your finite and energetic vessel, no matter what's out there, whether it's your marriage, whether your kids, your success, your Grammys, your Oscars, your things, those things can be taken from you. And if you don't have your internal right and in good balance and in good health and understanding for why we're here, those externals can really be the catalyst to your demise. So, you know, essentially at one point I said in the, in that video that I was looking external for external, or I was looking external for internal assurance when in turn, the truth of any matters we need to go inward so that we can shine outward and and fulfill what we're actually looking for you know many times we go buy shoes or we hear things like retail therapy they're good there's a certain truth to that being therapeutic but you know once the mercedes-benz just becomes a car once the coach or louis vuitton purse just becomes a bag then you come to a space where you delayed the healing process. So for me, I have a Subaru. I love it. I don't carry around the bag. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I keep it good and simple. So like being able to say, Nick, you're, you're delaying your own process. You're stopping at the, at the fire instead of walking through it, knowing that you're going to be okay. So, you know, going back to Will Smith, it's like, I was so inspired by him February 1st. And then to watch the world crumble around him or attest, like watch an attestment to what he was saying and so convicted with in his podcast. He had grace. He had that Teflon taken from him weeks later and so i'm praying for him i'm supporting him in a space where i hope that i am out of you know violently thinking and violently acting with people but i do also know that there's people in this world specifically that could still have those buttons to detonate a certain sense of that in me so it's within us but watching somebody that was so adamant one day about not being violent and carrying on in a peaceful sense and starting to brand himself in that space, walking on stage and completely, you know, dismantling that in one moment, not for himself, but for public perception, you know, the, the, the court of public opinion. So to watch somebody like that, that has inspired me and, Watch them go back to their drawing boards. Let you know gives me a bigger piece of the puzzle for life because we got to be on watch. We've got to have our I call them my soul bouncers. 
we've, <laughs> we've got to have these soul bouncers outside of our space so that they can, you know, they can have a guest list <laughs> of people, thoughts, actions that are or are not allowed to be in. If it's not on the list, you don't get to get in. I absolutely love that term of soul bouncers, and I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to call this episode. Um, I absolutely love it. Uh, and I feel like there's only something that someone who grew up in in and around Vegas could come up with. <laughs> I, I'll have you know they're on vacation right now. They're wearing flip-flops somewhere tropic, but yeah, they're on vacation right now. And uh, um, because I get to own, as the owner of the club, as the owner of the soul club called Nick in this finite vessel, I'm walking around shaking hands right now. I'm smiling. I'm allowing people into my home, into my club. At one point, it was just a one-person club. And now, because of inclusion, there's a lot of people coming in and asking if they could be part of this club. And I couldn't be happier of, of that product. You were talking about, you know, a lot of people who seem materialistic, whether that's in fancy bags or fancy shoes or fancy cars or the newest phones or whatever that looks like, um, that they, it seems that they're running away from something or they're not, like you said, they're going up to their fire, but not walking through their fire because they, you know, they, they can't deal with it. And they're just going to keep pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. And I think that's so true for a lot of people. And in some aspects, um, I think for a short time, I understand that. Like you can't, if something traumatic happens, you can't just go, okay, yeah, I, I don't know. Something bad happened yesterday. I was stabbed. And then the next day, oh yeah, we're totally good. Like very rarely does healing happen that fast. There's, you know, that cycle. And, um, maybe you do need to go in, go on vacation or go snowboarding or buy yourself a new pair of shoes, but eventually you're going to have to deal with it. And the people who don't ever get to that point, that's the problem is they just keep buying things and pushing it off and pushing it off. And I guess their soul bouncers are really, really bad because they only allow in material shit. And again, you know, to have the confidence to think that that's, that too is part of the process. You know, saturating yourself to the point where you're like, no, I, you know, I think of the smell of an expensive store, whether it's Saturday and you get out of your nice car and you go walk the mall and you feel a certain way and physically and energetically you're, you're looking, you're searching for something, you're shopping for that satisfaction. And when it comes time to pull out your credit card, you're, you're buying it. You're, you're buying the something and you throw it in the back of your car and it's, it's a weird, you know, it's a weird mindset because you know, in the back of your mind, you're doing that to soften some kind of blow or some kind of emotional challenge that you're going through. But like you said, using that pair of shoes, that cookie, that, you know, something 
that stimulates the brain and enjoyment and turns off your fights or flights. Use that as the equity to handle your stuff or else that stuff that you have to handle is going to take over your, your equity, your, your cup that runs over, runs over with love. Eventually that loving cup needs replenishing because you withdrawn a little bit more than, um, than what's healthy, you know, kind of like a bank account. It lets you know when you've overdrafted. Yeah, you, they, they don't, they're shopping for happiness or they're uh, exercising for happiness or they're uh, eating for happiness or they're doing something to find that happiness to fill that void in them. Um, and very rarely does it work out how I think people think it will or it should. And in that, like the system, you know, the system that we set there, like the intentions of it and the basis of it, I think are good a lot of times. But to just, you know, to talk to your girlfriend or a good friend and say, yeah, I had to get away for a few days. I have a, a good challenge I have to really meet. And so I just wanted to get away and clear my mind so that I can be as fresh as I can be with this subject because it means a lot to me. Oh, that was cool. Um, that, yeah, I think I, I think I got to take a little vacation. I got some stuff coming up as opposed to taking that vacation. And, oh, I went on vacation and TSA. Oh, my goodness. They were horrible. And we had a layover and we had delays. And by the time we got there. You know, oftentimes we hear the expression, I need a vacation from my vacation. Yeah. And that's maybe because we misdirected the vacationary space in our minds. So, I don't know. Uh, the shopping, we're all shopping. We're all shoppers. We're all in search of that freedom, that peace, that fulfilling space. And like I'm sitting here this morning, it's Monday. I, got business to take care of but i'm sitting here saying okay so you shed some energetic weight use that levity use that lightness to really move in the direction of your business go talk to some people today uh go hand out your business cards today um go give great massages today so it's you know upon looking at comments and things like that, like I almost had this second bit of, you know, claiming sadness. And it's like, whoa, 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 you didn't do that for that purpose. So don't, don't sit in that. Use that to say, this is what you've done. Like this is going online and almost being naked. Like I felt like I had no clothes on <laughs> in, in, in that moment. So like, you know, I almost feel like there's a whispering of like, oh, did you see him naked online? Yeah, Nick, that, that's that guy. That's Nick. He was naked on Facebook. <laughs> and you were not so, physically naked. Your soul was naked. Yeah, I wasn't physically naked, but definitely felt stripped. So yeah, people out there, I didn't just go on Facebook and get naked and bare my soul. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Um, but you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, no, I totally do. I just wanted to clarify that because, you know, some people might get weird and <laughs> you know how people get. Oh. But yeah, I love how you're taking that 
momentum and that light and getting rid of all that heaviness and that heavy baggage and turning it into something productive, something good, uh, promoting your business, promoting yourself and, you know, using, I don't know if confidence is the right word, but using some of that, um, good part of your cup that got filled and then trying to give it back to people, um, and just connecting with them. Cause I know you had said part of the, part of the reason you got into massage was to just to help people, but it was incorrect me if I'm wrong here, but it was hard to do because you were helping them heal, but you weren't necessarily healing yourself yet. Yeah. You know, and more or less like in my massage practice, it's so gratifying to give that especially what comes through me again, you know, very parallel to that, that online statement. I, I had the confidence to know that I could do it because I know what it's like to feel outer body. I know what it's like to not have the credit come to me for something remarkable and let it go through me, let it pass through me, let it be something that doesn't stop with me. Instead, it gives people somebody you know it gives people somebody that they know a face to a certain struggle that they may or may not be going out with but they can definitely do their part in supporting this global experience and supporting positive nature i think i lost you all right say something how about now oh perfect all right that's what it was i turned off my bluetooth Gotcha, gotcha. All right. All right, sorry about that. No worries. That's what happens when you're in Reno in the sun. Your phone overheats. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It was snowing last week. What? Like in Reno, it was snowing? Yeah, yeah it snows in Reno. Is Reno we in the We have Lake Tahoe. Up. Okay, yeah. okay. It's northern Nevada, so if you think Las Vegas in that, that kind of heat, yeah, it's, it, it's in the northernmost part of Nevada. Whereas obviously Vegas to Southern. Um, yeah, so it snowed like three days last week. But one cool thing about it is we also have 360 or er, 300 days of sunshine. So you really don't have to shovel snow in the city. Like you see it, it's novel. If you have to get out early in the morning, that's one thing. But like it never sticks. So it's it's pretty snow as opposed to seeing it all black and dark and in the gutter. Yeah, it's not Michigan snow. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. How do you want to segue back into this? So the last thing I heard about something was talking about you were being positive something and then your phone overheated and you were like mid word. So I don't even know where you were trying to go, unfortunately, <laughs> but For I know, sure. but I know that we were talking about, um, we were talking about materialism and then we were talking about, uh, people buying things. And then we were talking about, you know, basically that shopping for happiness mentality. And then we were talking about you going into massage, um, and helping people and how you loved it in that sense. But you also weren't healing yourself 
And that was frustrating. So basically what you're going to say is, hey, sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulties and Nick's phone overheated. So we're just going to just, I don't know, just start talking again. <laughs> we're just going to reset. Listen, technical difficulties happen all the time. It's totally okay. All right. But yeah, you were talking about massage and how you were you felt so great helping others but you weren't necessarily healing yourself and oh, gotcha, what that gotcha. journey has been like yeah i think i was on the path of saying um it's really gratifying to meet a perfect stranger or to have regular clientele that believe in your service and really resonate with the way you give it but it's really nice to meet a perfect stranger in the back of your mind. You know, you have something perfect for them, a bit of space being held. And then afterwards, having them, you know, run the spectrum of, you know, of gratitude. You know, a lot of people just say thanks. A lot of people are still in that massage solemn space and don't want to leave it and just kind of are really humbled by what you just gave to them but also you know sometimes they come out and say oh my gosh that's just what i needed thank you so much and it, you, you can feel them opening up to the questions that are are within and um i think that was kind of some of the equity of that i had going into you know, speaking this weekend and i knew i was you know I knew I was going to be sensitive or at some point be emotional in my speech with it, just based, you know, based on the nature. But I found the hardest thing was actually saying it out loud, actually saying those things out loud, knowing that, not going back to nakedness or anything like that, but knowing that you're bearing a very taboo you know a, a thing that's taboo to a lot of a, a a lot of people afterwards you know i remember you saying um before i did that that you weren't you, you we were just gonna have a conversation you didn't really prepare yourself for anything heavy or you definitely weren't expecting what you had heard and then I think of my camera guy, Eric, afterwards, like he was wide eyed because here we were like the jazz band was setting up. I couldn't have planned this day any better, but it was a beautiful Saturday. It wasn't snowing. Everybody was out in shorts and chilling. And right when we cut from the tape, I took a nice drink of my beer that wasn't pictured. And it was just like, oh, yeah, this is I, I'm listening to some good music. Um, I met a few clients, you know, I met a few people that booked massages with me there. I was in such a gently held space that I was just rolling with it. Like, right, this is what I do. I am vulnerable. I am a man. I cry. I'm sensitive. I give massage. I, this is in my wheelhouse. So I'm comfortably uncomfortable right now. And then I looked at him and he was a wide-eyed and he goes 
I didn't know you were going to do that. (laughs) 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 And this, you know, this is my boy. God bless him. You know, he's my one of my friends. And he said, I don't get massages. I don't let people touch me. I don't like people touching me. In the back of my mind, I didn't know what that meant, but having a good inkling for, you know, you're not, you're not dealing with your tension kind of stuff. And I always, you know, just never like trying to coax him getting massage, just leaving it alone. But um, pretty recently, like he has confided in me, like him being there was another comfort because he had just dropped a couple of good things on me based on trusting me with this information. And so, you know, another part of that interview was a reflection of saying, this is what you do, Eric. This is how it's done. And this is what you just gave, you know, this is the gift of listening to people's stuff and also bearing a bit of your soul too so you know afterwards he told me he's like uh you know i'm looking at him he's the multimedia guy i was like ah uh, which camera do i want looking to what what is it? all these you know these kind of preparatory questions and then afterwards i looked at him like ah uh, uh, let's do it again there's a couple of things i didn't say and he goes bro that was perfect there's no way that you could ever possibly recreate that. And so I, I, I had the confidence in his, his perceptive, you know, his perception that he told me to leave it alone. So for however serious or over critical or hypertension, I was going to give that interview and make sure it was meticulous and made sure I because I look at you know for any of that stuff I just had to throw it to the wind because it wasn't for perfection's sake it wasn't for make sure you're not crying or lip quivering it wasn't for that kind of strength it wasn't for that kind of posture because in that moment and I sit here today I don't have that yet but learning to grow with struggle and learning to grow with people in their struggle. That's what's going to bring that composure and that posture of somebody standing like they're like they've done it before. I love that he didn't let you re-record it and that you trusted him enough not to re-record it because I agree. You couldn't have recreated that. Even if you wrote down exactly what you said and then read it off a script to the emotion behind it would, would never have been the same. Um, and I feel like for men, guys, whatever term you want to use, it's, you're constantly told, oh, you you can't cry. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't be vulnerable. Oh, uh, massages are for girls or like whatever that looks like. And you're constantly being told how you have to be, I mean, and women are too, but in a lot of ways, I feel like men, if you try and express yourself, there are very few mediums that are uh, socially acceptable. So maybe it's socially acceptable to uh, play golf or uh, it, it depends upon a part of your country, you know, go out hunting or go, go to the gun range or something like that. But for the most part, there are very few maybe sports, but 
guys, if they show any type of perceived weakness and crying is a perceived weakness, um, some people look down upon them and it bothers me because like I told you, being vulnerable is being strong. And I wish more people understood that because I feel like a lot of the problems are because boys are told, nope, grow up. You're fine. Nope. You can't cry. Oh, you know, all these things. And I wonder if boys weren't constantly fed that if they would be more open to talking about bad things that happened to them and then they wouldn't be suppressed for so long. Right. That was another thing that was important to me. It's like, yeah, vulnerability is strength. So get that out of man, you know, or just, it doesn't really think of me. This is who I am. And it's not, I'm not being a crybaby, but to not, you know, even in that statement, not being a crybaby, it's like, I don't have to protect that. Um, but I've always been that way. Like, I've always been a sensitive person. Being, You have always been a sensitive person. Yeah. So I've always been a sensitive person in this world. You know, earlier on, it showed up like I was so sensitive that I couldn't clearly communicate my my wants or my frustrations but uh coupled with being amazing at sports thrust me into another space of I was still that sensitive but on the football field you know in a uber masculine masculinated uh environment so like now you really got to button it up and it just you know it it left me unfocused because it was like, I can't be me in a lot of spaces. And there is a certain charm and cunning in being able to change hats. But also like being rooted in who you are. Obviously being a sensitive man is the best thing I could do for this world and for myself. It's showing up in ways that I have, you know, I, I can and can't control, but I'm being pulled into a space of sensitive sensitivity. I give one of the most intimate services on the planet. So to be called for that, to be groomed for that, and to find strength in those sensitive spaces, that's what makes, I feel, I believe that that's what makes my work effective is being a sensitive. I may not have gone through what you've gone through, so I'm not one to say me too, but holding space and empathy for what you must have gone through, because we, we don't all go through it all. So it's not a wishing for certain challenges to arise so that you can harden or go through certain uh, molding and refining processes, but, just holding the space that you don't know where certain people have come from. And I think it's a vital asset to, to my human experience. Yeah. It's that uh, very common saying, you know, be kind. You never know what someone else has gone through or something like that. Um, or, you know, anyone could be having a bad day and you never know until you've walked in their shoes. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I think the, 
just because your experiences might not be exactly the same, simply being empathetic and understanding uh, can make the big di- make can, can make a difference for a lot of people. Um, just knowing that they can talk with someone and that someone genuinely wants to listen and care because a lot of people they have they, they may feel like they have no one and then they open up a little bit they open up that little bit of vulnerability and i think they find there's a lot more people out there who either can directly relate or are more than willing to listen to their story and help them walk through it and that's i think that that's a, like one of the most important factors in all that and all that we've been talking about and and healing is you know being in our uncomfortable spaces and in the back of your mind sometimes it's not who shows up but just that somebody shows up because it might be somebody out of the woodwork it might be somebody out of the woodwork but you know, through those traumas, through those things, like it might not be certain people. It might not be the mother that you, you know, the person that is your mother that just can't understand or give the vital space. Or, you know, for me, it was wishing my brothers would stand by my side in family dynamic. And having one of them say to me straight up, uh, I'll do whatever you need, whatever you need help-wise, but I'm not willing to tarnish my relationship with this, with your offender. I, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to do that. And that was tough. That was tough coming from an older brother that basically, and it was, it was a something that I understood going into speaking with him, I knew there were certain factors in his experience that weren't going to go over and confront my, you know, nor did I want him to. But I I, I also do know, based on our brotherly relationship, that he wasn't dealing with his stuff. And furthermore, he didn't respect me enough to hold that space for me. And, you know, granted, it wasn't comfortable for anybody, but I didn't give him an ultimatum of, oh, it's it's this person or me or anything like that. And no, never would I do that because even the person who offended me, like I still have much love in my heart for them. And I'm not willing to tarnish all the memories of my good living in my good grooming and my good growings up they had to do with that person. I'm not willing to throw those away, you know, throw the baby with the bathwater kind of stuff. So I was just looking for a little bit more from certain people and I didn't get it. And that was, you know, that compounded it, that made it, that made the truth even clearer as far as you need help. You need to address this. Unfortunately, in that space, I said, you don't have your mother you don't have your brothers nobody gets this and kind of funneled myself into that alone space so you know, watching that spiral as you spiral out of control because once you get there that's a tough space 
that is a you know even talking to you you can you can you can taste it you can taste the the day that that time when you felt so close to the end to you know you felt so close to ultimate hopelessness so like that stuff is scary and you know on that video that's more times than not when my voice shook a little bit because it's scary it's it's scary to look at that and think that of all options like you could do away with your life of all options to do with life you're gonna end it and nobody needs nobody deserves to have to stomach that and stomach that alone yeah and i definitely understand that sense of hopelessness and you know you're 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 right on the edge of do i do this do i not do this and um i've had a couple of those moments myself and it's it's a very dark place to be in it's a very dark and scary place and then you know you had mentioned um you basically forgave the guy who did this and you know you didn't throw out all the memories you know cuz you had good ones and you know, use your words, you didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think for a lot of people, depending upon where they're at on their journey, that might be something that's really hard for them to comprehend and understand of this person did something really bad to you and you forgive them. But it's not a, for me, at least the the people who've done bad things that I've forgiven, I won't speak for you. um, It's not, it's simply just not letting them live rent free in my head anymore. Um, it's not that I want, I personally want a relationship with them to continue or anything like that. It's just, I'm no longer allowing that experience to define me. Right. Right. And I forget how it said about, you know, just those toxic feelings. Um, you're consuming it on a daily basis. The offender, the offensively unsupported, they're not. They're not. So to hold them accountable, to hold others accountable for the way you feel, it just, it doesn't work well that way. You just set yourself up for expectation-filled disappointment. And you know, that was another piece of it, watching somebody be so unaccountable to it, watching somebody be so dismissive of its nature, calling it something that it wasn't, um, making you, you know, trying to make you feel like you're in the wrong for certain things. And all the while, for me specifically, it was a, a lifetime of being discounted to the point where one can show up for themselves strong and people that aren't willing or able just kind of, it makes you feel like you're getting pat on the head, like a little child, like, oh, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Uh, It's okay. 
And it's like, are you not here? It's not okay. It's actually not okay. I'm actually valuable enough to have and take the time to recalibrate. I'm asking you for your help in this process and you're impeding it to the point where like, now it's about you. Now it's about your reaction to certain truths of the matter. And it becomes about you as opposed to your capacities to love or family during the good and the bad times. It's for so long I've been willing to do that. It's a, you know, pieces of my life have been a testament to I'm willing to love you despite, you know, your jerky ways, so to speak. But you know, oftentimes that's met with lack of accountability to where like that that can drive you crazy. It can drive you crazy. Oh, no. Saying, I- so you're telling me. Looking at somebody saying, so you're telling me that there's no merit, no love, no deep respect for somebody that's been holding the detonator to a bomb for 20 years. And the only reason he's been holding on to it is, is for you, family members, so that you're not disrupted, so that the family unit can go on. Meanwhile, living outside of it, you don't see that as a noble act. It's your turn now. And people just denying, denying that that's on the table, denying that that's their role in life. And it's like, you know, that's something that took a place to that darkest, deepest place that I've ever been. But also, okay, this is, I, I feel like I went there because I couldn't in that moment, handle the idea that this is the truth of the matter. Your brothers, your mother, these people are shunning you even further. They're disrespecting you even further. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's it's not a fun place to be, to be questioned and have people not believe you and oh, is it really as bad as you say? And uh, maybe you misunderstood or that's not what they meant or all those little phrases that people use um, that are these weird ways to like either make themselves feel better or you feel better. I don't really know. Um, But those phrases that get thrown around that are almost to use the overterm gaslighting and make you wonder if you are a little bit crazy. Did that actually happen and things like that? And then you're like, no, 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 that did. And uh, the way you're responding isn't the way that I hoped and you feel that it's wrong, but you know, you, like you said, you can't control how other people respond and you can't control. The only thing you control is your emotions and how you react. And they're, if they're not taking responsibility and they're not taking accountability, it's infuriating and you may want to scream from the rooftops what this person did and, you know, all the things, but recognizing that only you can give yourself peace and they may never apologize. And that's a, can be a really tough pill to swallow. Um, but when you can, you give yourself that permission to have peace and be at peace with yourself, it is very, very freeing. Most definitely. 
Most definitely. And now to anybody listening, you know, this isn't a public, you know, this isn't a PSA for, you know, all things heavy. But, um, you know, one, one piece of the puzzle that could improve is I've always had a, not always, but I've had a problem with the statement, well, we're all dealing with something as almost like a consolation to just get, get, it's almost a cousin to just get over it. We're all dealing with something. Just get over it. Instead of softening our hearts, we kind of put our protection up and justify it. Well, we're all dealing with something. We all have a little hardness about us. You're no different. I am no different, but Turning that, you know, turning that on its on its edge and saying, "Yeah, we're all dealing with somebody, so I'm going to be kind today," or I'm going to give myself, you know, not disrupt somebody's beautiful Saturday, but text somebody and say, "Hey, I need a friend right now," because chances are the person that you're calling at some point wants to have the audacity or whatever you want to call it to text somebody and say, "Hey, I need somebody to talk to." And I think just for me, and I can't help but think on a global scale that we could all use a little bit of that self-vulnerabilizing space so that we can, you know, just give those things up and put them out there and, you know, give and receive that space. I think that's important in the times that we live in right now where we're really saturated with knowledge. We can know anything. But knowledge and intelligence isn't necessarily roped in with kindness, isn't necessarily roped in with emotional intelligence. So, you know, I guess what I was saying, or just kind of continuing on with it, is like, I, I simply you know, simply challenge people to not find success within their shackles, but to do, you know, to take what you have, the time, the money you might make, or, you know, prioritize your mental health because there just comes a day where that stuff that you haven't dealt with is in your space or, you know, oftentimes it, that that cancerous you know those cells of your discomfort infiltrate everything that you're doing and you find yourself not being as graceful a wife or patient a mother and you you don't know why you attribute it to those things you just attribute it to motherhood you just attribute it to well we've been together forever you know i i can treat my husband i can say my i can say something to my husband that somebody else would observe as being really curt or really rude to to somebody that you care about. Like, be kind is simply the message of why we're talking today, Elizabeth. Like, it's just kind of a a challenge to anybody listening. This is a regular person rambling on about just life. But I do have a good life. And in being on the other side of real depression, um, 
really what I'm saying is that kindness is definitely the key to giving and receiving true love. You know, it is the key to getting all that you deserve in this life. I'm a testament. Today, I own my own business. I, it, it's a business giving ultimate service to others. It's a business that I believe in. And it's a business that believes in me. It's a business that's, that's chosen me. But through that, it cost, you know, those things cost giving up the, the stagnant, negative, toxic energy that has been walking with me for many years. Got to give that up. Got to give up the fear to reclaim your victory. Because while there's apprehension, while there's hesitation, that's human. That's natural. That's nature. But, you know, just deep-rooted fears that we haven't dealt, dealt with, they seep into things that we want to succeed in. And it leaves us, it always leaves us short. It leaves us unsatisfied. You know, we see people with a lot of things and people that have, monetary successes they're running around in circles a lot of times they're running around in circles just tight we talk about hypertension and diabetes no hypertension hyper attention towards things that are external i would challenge to think that if they were not hyper attentive or had hypertension towards the things that were positive that they wanted to be progressive in or be positive in if they gave healthy attention to those things they would operate within their monetary successes and the things that they do to get those successes they would operate in in, in a balance instead of trading their peace of mind for outward success yeah definitely and i think that is a wonderful piece of wisdom to wrap this up on, but if anyone is in Reno, do you mind sharing the name of your business in case they want to come and find you? I don't, I do not mind sharing it. It is called soul body work and wellness. And I'm just getting it started. So it's, I don't want to say it's in its infant stage because it's not, it's in well birth and it's running. And, uh, but I'm on five or, 557 Washington Street in the Barber Law Group building. And yeah, if you just want a great massage, if you don't, you know, a lot of this conversation is my stuff, my challenges, my speed bumps. But trust that it's universal space being held. You can feel free to walk in there and talk to me about your physical tensions if you've had you know injury in the past if you've had surgeries imbalances or your neck just hurts from working at the computer we got something for that um you can walk in there and say i want deep tissue i want technical work i want this 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 or if you walk in and say hey don't worry about my knots today i just need a good flowy soft nurturing massage i just want 20 minutes of scalp massage 
I got that for you too. But more or less, it's just you initiating that space to hold an hour, an hour and a half, just for yourself, so your soul can breathe, so that we can, you know, I tell people, so that we can uh, clean your soul filter. Chances are it has residue from years and years and years and years of just living. So come in for yourself. I love that. And soul is S-O-L, right? S-O-L. All right. Soul, body, and It's a play on words on. because, yeah, it means... It means sun in Spanish. My logo is a sun, but it is soul work. So on that note, thank you all for uh, sticking around and listening to two people that are in love with life, just chatting about certain things that aren't so easy to talk about in successful, happy times. Those are the times when you get to talk about those times when you have the confidence to get off the podcast and go kick some butt go fight the good fight for yourself and others absolutely and thank you again nick for coming on Uh, i hope everyone enjoyed this episode of speed bumps and y'all have a wonderful wonderful day